When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. So uh, preseason, what are you thinking about? Well, the Ravens are still undefeated in preseason. They have extended their streak to, I think, 24 games. 24 straight times they've been the best at practicing. <laughs> wow. 24 straight wins. I, how much stock do you really put in that? What? Stock? Like chicken yeah. stock? Like beef stock? Vegetable stock? What kind of stock are you talking about? Because I know you ain't asking me to put no thought or money in that. <laughs> Can't be. Can't be. Zero. Zero. Negative stock. I don't care. You know how many times we were 4-0, and 3-1 in the preseason? Just turn around, win five games that year? I, I put zero in it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how Ravens fans must truly – I feel like that a lot of Ravens fans truly celebrate being undefeated. They haven't lost a game since 2015. No, I put as much stock into that as the amount of monetary stock that – is gone into GameStop buying as shares right now. For those that don't remember the GameStop situation where there was some hedge funds managed that ballooned the stock prices of GameStop and also AMC theaters just to make quick earnings. <laughs> and everybody that had stock at that time won. But if you try to purchase stock into that now, you are going to lose your money so fast. So, I'm not trying to give you investment advice. Remember Listen, FDIC. <laughs> as a Michigan fan, it sounds like the most hardball thing ever to me. I'm gonna say that right now. Yeah, now, we're I, gonna I, I win. See. We're gonna win this bench press. We're gonna win this. It just sounds like something that they that's just the mantra. I don't know, man. That's that's that yeah, that's what it feels like, man. It just it just they they're they're very they can be probably very prideful of it. And look, man, look, if you're celebrating that, kudos to you. You know, we got our own games that we got them, you know, mm -hmm. break down. So that's what I'm ready to get started with. You ever uh, you ever watch Eastbound and Down? I did. You, you what are we talking about? Being the best at working out? No. <laughs> Being the best at practice? What are we talking about? No. Uh, I'll play the game. So yeah. I ain't worried about it, man. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and get this started. We can talk about some real football.
All right. Well, made a liar on myself already. It looks like uh, the 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 new version of the intro did not load correctly. So I'll try that again next time. Better luck next time. Yeah, we we'll got. Hey, we're not the Baltimore Ravens. We're not trying to win the preseason. We're trying to be ready for regular season. We're gonna have all the the kinks ironed out. But again, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, our numbers keep growing every week. Keep hitting that like button, subscribe button, keep downloading. If you're on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Apple pod, Google pod, uh, YouTube, wherever you're getting this, make sure you go ahead, like, follow, subscribe. Um, we really appreciate it. Share it out with your friends. If you think that somebody might like it, somebody's an NFL fan, a Bengals fan, somebody's just a football fan that, uh, Maybe he has to play the Bengals, whatever it might be. Go ahead and do that for us. We appreciate you. Uh, keep building those numbers for us. Uh, much appreciated. Much love. So game one in the books, uh, Green Bay came to town, did some practicing, and then did the the uh, the first preseason game. Uh, 23 players did not play for us. That's a lot. Yeah, I figured that should be the case. Yeah. Yeah. That's the uh, whole offense, the whole defense, and a couple of putt players, huh? Sound, yeah. Sound, yeah. Sound about right. We did see a couple guys get some time that are going to be playing with the ones. Um, and we saw some guys that are going to be playing with the twos that didn't. You know what I mean? Uh, what, what, Drew Sample was out, I believe. Or Camp, Drew Sample or Camp Sample? I don't remember which Sample. One of them was out. Um, who, who's not going to be a starter, but. Uh, Obviously, you think they have a job at this point, you know. Um, but but what were your thoughts on it seems to be the way, uh, you know, Coach Taylor is going to do this. It's going to be very much like the McVay way where it came from, where they don't play starters in the preseason. What, what, what are your thoughts about it? Well, as far as like the McVay approach when it comes to not playing your starters in the preseason, that's good and all. But at the end of the day, injuries can happen regardless. Hell, we just saw the Rams deplete their entire roster with injuries and all kinds of stuff after, like, what, week four, week five last year. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any of their starters played in the preseason. Like, they'll get hardcore practicing in. Um, but at the end of the day, you still got to get those reps. And those live game reps in the preseason still help. So that's yeah. personally my thought process behind it. If Zach Taylor is approaching with the same uh, – the same – you know, mantra as McVeigh where he came from. I don't have a problem with it because he's yielding results right now. But at the end yeah. of the day, I think that you have to be a little bit smart about what players you need to evaluate, even on the starting level, because what you don't want to do is go into a regular season rusty. We've seen that last year. We start off 0-2, 2-2 and uh, after four games before obviously going on that win streak. But at the end of the day, you don't want to do that every year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I don't – the veterans, the guys that have played, I, you know, they, they did announce that they're they're going to give against Atlanta in game two. They're going to give uh, the defense uh, – the defensive starters are going to get uh, get to play, they'll start the game and get a series. Um, so I, maybe you'll see – I imagine you'll see Dax Hill and Nick Scott out there together. I think that's – a lot of the reason why is seeing them play with the rest of the ones because there is a lot of communication they have to do and a lot of those kind of things. So want to see that at game speed, e even though you're doing it in practice, it, you know, even the preseason, the preseason is probably getting close, 
but not quite ratcheted up. Now you got a lot of guys out there playing for position, you know, playing for positions on the team. Um, but those guys aren't, you know, the Drake Londons of the world. I mean, is he, uh, I don't know if he, if he is going hundred percent good for him, but I, I think there's his 90% is probably better than what they've seen so far. Uh, and, and also I think, I don't know if Ritter's the answer to this, but, um, you know, our, our quarterbacks minus Joe Burrow have not been the greatest right now. So are those guys really getting some, some live looks? Um, you know, they look good in the first game, you know, I'm going to touch on that, but I think it's good to get them a little more, uh, a little more action against some, some number ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree too. And, um, you know, when we break down the Packers game, I don't know we're going to go into the specifics, as you just mentioned here in a bit. But my review of it is like, look, the score was the score. I, obviously, when you look at the box score, it's going to tell you that, oh, man, the Bengals got that ass whooped. But at the end of the day, you do got to remember it is preseason. And you also got to remember where the Bengals are with their team building as far as where the Packers are in their team building. They have to play these live reps heavy with Jordan Love taking over as a starter. So you saw the nucleus in the core of that group, that new group, who has to come out and then try to impress early on. The mm-hmm. bank, on the other hand, has to be able to evaluate the depth. And part of that depth evaluation is the backup quarterback who, let's, let's just go ahead and get it out there in the open now. They were bad. And yeah. <laughs> there's no way, no way to sugarcoat it. They were just awful. Um, you know, I mean, they had some bright moments and whatnot, but at the end of the day, it's just – you know, we're in a different spot because we know what we're getting out of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, even Joe Mixon, of course. Irv um, Smith Jr., who I would have liked to see played in the preseason, but being that he has an injury history from his time in Minnesota, I don't think in the, the tight end depth behind him, I, I would not have risked playing him either. Again, it's game one of preseason. He's been practicing really great in training camp. So, the overview, the overcast, I should say, regarding this Bengals team is they're in a different place right now with this t- with their team versus the Packers, and that's probably what you know exudes what you saw with the score. So that's what I take from it. <clears throat> All right, uh, let me let, let's go ahead and start into this. Um, we're gonna do. I, I I don't know how to do this uh, with acronyms or anything. I, w- I was trying to think of something clever off the top of my head, but it's just not the way we're going to do it. So, you know, I, I don't want to get into the B. Dirt character. I'm going to stay Brandon Harriet for this podcast. Um, you, you, you can stay Justin Lacey, which you pretty much stay uh, most of the time, unless you get into some big theories, which we might. But, mm-hmm. but what I really want to do here is look at, I don't want to break down position by position. I've seen people go positions by position, player by player. I've listened to a bunch of different podcasts. I've watched a bunch of different videos. It seems a little monotonous for me. Um, I'm not going to, you know, make people listen to my voice for that long. So what I'm going to ask here, play a little ping pong, me and you. We're going back and forth. Let's do it. Who showed you some juice? And who gave you cause for concern? So who do you, who who are you excited to watch? Uh, in 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 preseason game two that showed you something in preseason game one, 
And then who needs to show you something in game two because they didn't quite cut the mustard in game one. So you pick. You tell me. Juice or concern? You go for it. All right, I'm going to start with juice. I'm going to go with Andre Yoshivas or Yosivash. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. You know, there were a few guys that I, I can pick from that list, but I don't want to steal the obvious thunder because I feel like that you're going to pick somebody that I really enjoyed watching too. Uh, but Andre, man, he's 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 coming on strong as that, you know, guy out of Princeton. He looks like he's taking the tutelage and the training from the guys in front of him. Um, like he, he's taking it seriously. There were moments during that game where I felt like he was the best player on the field, even if it was a bunch of all backups. He showed that he can do all the – he can open up his route tree pretty well. So he's the guy that brought the juice for me, and I'm excited to see how he operates against former Jesse Bates. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't know if Jesse Bates is going to play because he has uh, a big it, contract it, with Atlanta. Th I they think said they they're play. playing their starters, man. Atlanta's playing their starters in game two from what I'm hearing, hey. and uh, even B. John Robinson. So. Yeah, that would be one hell of a test, man. So, you know, let's see how you do with the more experienced secondary with the starters that's playing alongside. Green Bay has some good pieces in their secondary too, but I don't think all of their starters play too, too much on the back end. But he gives me the juice for me. Now for the disappointment, I think this is an obvious pick. And I don't mean to do this because if you listen to other shows, Bengals and Bengals media and all that stuff, he's kind of like the punching bag of the, uh, of the team right now. But it's well-deserved for me, and that's Jackson and Carmen. Like, it's it's not looking good. And I, if you ask me personally, I'm sort of out on him now at this point. Um, I understand that he's had somewhat of a difficult stretch of having to move positions where his natural position was left tackle, but he, he had to start his you know, NFL career guard. Now he's fighting for a right tackle to try to back up now Jonah Williams. But, dude, this is the third year in a row that he's had a fight for a roster spot and battle it out with somebody else in training camp on his own team, and he lost. And it looks like he's going to lose the right tackle spot because Jonah Williams, who didn't even dress, he got the nod to play, and he did not look good. There were some plays that people have broken down after watching the game that I've seen clips of, and it was just darn right embarrassing. And I just feel like that – we're in it to make a Super Bowl run, and we're trying to get a championship trophies. And some of the effort that I've seen is just not going to cut it on this team. So he's the one that gives me major concern. If I'm putting at him, I'm putting him at the top of my list. That that's the major yeah. cause of concern to the point where it's like, look, man, I'm already out on you right now. Obviously, I believe the team is not going to feel that way, and I think that they'll still give you a fair shot. But I think moving forward, man, going into this next game against Atlanta, just back up. Just play backup left tackle, okay? Just try to fight and, you know, win spots. That's your natural position. So that way, if case anything happens with Orlando Brown Jr., we're not forced to move Jonah back to that spot. We can comfortably say, look, man, he's been working at left tackle. Let's just stick him in there if he needs to be in there and call it a day, man, then, you know, see where it ends. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I did have uh, Yoshi. Yeah. I can't wait for those shirts to come out. This guy's got. This guy got to be good. Um, I did have Yoshi in mind as well. Uh, he definitely showed me some juice. Uh, I wish he would have turned that. That he got that block uh, on the outside on his uh, um, crossing route. I wish he'd have turned that up field a little bit more. Oh man, you need to run yeah, out of bounds, man. You're a rookie. Let's awesome. go. Um, yeah, that but, was awesome. uh, But yeah, I, I agree with you, um, Jackson Carmen and. and I'm going to take a little bit more of a sympathetic approach here. Um, I hope 
that the kid just needs, uh, you know, a restart um, on his career. I, I, I could see him, you know, getting traded or even cut. Um, and, and, and I, I don't like to say that, um, he doesn't seem like, you know, a bad person. I don't dislike him. Uh, I've been wanting to work out for the past couple of years, you know? Right. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, it's just not sitting here. And sometimes you see these guys, you know, they go somewhere else and they, and for whatever reason, they, maybe they have to go through those kind of things in order to, to, you know, jumpstart their career or whatever it is. I, I wish the guy success in the future. I just don't, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's here, but um, on my uh, cause for concern, man, I'll tell you, Sidney Jones uh, gave up that first touchdown. Uh, and I don't know that he looked terrible. He didn't look great. You know, we, and we had DJ Ivy, um, uh, you know, bit, bit on a, a, a double move. Um, we also had uh, um, uh, DJ Turner um, uh, fell down once and, and got bailed out by Dax Hill, who made a great play. Um, mm -hmm. But but Sidney Jones, to me, and it, it's just as much because a lot of those other corners look good, man. Yeah. DJ Turner looks like the real deal. Um, I, I, I'm interested to see him go against somebody with some more height. Um, but but man, I, I, Sidney Jones, cause for concern. I think he's got to play a little bit better if he wants to stay on the team. Um, I'll do, uh, I'll do, I'll, I'll go ahead and get the bad ones out of the way. I'm giving Charlie Jones a pass because of the labrum, you know, partially torn labrum. Uh, that's a real pain in, in the in the tail, and I don't know if we're gonna see what his potential is in, in the preseason. So I'm going to give yeah. him a pass on that. But, yeah, quarterback, we mentioned this earlier. Right. Um, Trevor Simeon, uh, Trevor Simeon playing with guys that aren't even going to be on the plaque, uh, practice squad. So be a little less um, critical on him until I see with the flip-flop what he does in game two against Atlanta. Mm. Uh, but neither one of these guys are, are making great reads. Um, I'm throwing interceptions on screen passes and and doing some some just bad judgment, uh, poor passes. Uh, yeah, it's and and I don't know. Maybe 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 if Joe Burrow can't, you know, if it, knock on wood, something happens and he goes down. Maybe maybe it's not terrible to have a bad backup and just meh, get a better draft choice. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But uh, but yeah, they're they're pretty bad. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I tell you. I don't want to. I was say yeah. I don't want to go into that loser mentality, thinking that oh man, Burrow gets hurt, <laughs> stick these guys in there. I don't want to be back to thinking I, like that. I said that man. with some sarcasm. Maybe that maybe there was a little uh, uh, uh man, dirt but, in that comment. Yeah, but the backup quarterback. Yeah, we like. I'm going to say it again. They were just awful, plain and simple. And it's not just based off of the preseason performance that they both showed. It's been like this in practice. Like yeah. a part of me wants to praise the secondary for showing this much improvement, you know, on a day-to-day basis in practice. But a part of me just feels like, is this because of how bad the backup quarterbacks Listen, really are? Uh, 
uh, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people like, ah, it doesn't matter. Quarterbacks don't matter. Backup doesn't matter. Tell that to the Kansas City Chiefs. Chad Henney doesn't take them down and drive drive down the field, score a touchdown. They might not have been in that Super Bowl. Yeah. No. You know? It, it, like, uh, facts. So, so it does. So, uh, on who showed me some juice, though, well, here's where we can play some ping pong. I got some guys. I got some guys. I'll tell you my number one and and made some great plays, made some good plays, and more than anything, the just sheer joy this human being had on a football field, Jordan Battle. I enjoyed watching him running around. That guy making a defensive play, other guys making plays, high-fiving, jumping around, hitting people like – he was all over the place and having a good time doing it. I like the energy. Like kids gonna be hard to keep off the field after a while. Uh yeah. Jordan Battle, you got anybody else you got some juice from? Man, yes, I do, man. I thought you were going to steal it right off of my nose because he was should be he was the first guy I should have said, but I thought you were going to say it. And it's Tyson Anderson, man. He's the lone wolf that people forgot all about, and I forgot all about him too. Two picks. One was a pick six, and the way he just wrestled that ball away from Tucker Kraft, who many people gave a buzz that the Bengals should have drafted him as one yeah. of the tight ends that we had on list. I did. I'm, I, I can tell you that for sure. But Tyson Anderson, man, he played loose. He played free-spirited. And mm-hmm. then to see the, the post-game interview that Michael Thomas, vet Michael Thomas, gave about him, you know, just almost getting emotional, that made me smile, man. Because it's like, dog, even though Michael Thomas knows that, look, bro, I'm a vet here and I'm no, my career may not be as long as I would have liked it to be, but to help guys out like Tyson Anderson who came off of – he ain't even really – he ain't even played his rookie year. He got hurt. Yeah, but bad hamstring. He, he, yeah. Man, he lit himself. He lit up the world on fire, man. And he was just having a ball out there. And, and I agree with you about Jordan Battle. That was a surprise to me because, like, he had a good time. He had a good day. But he didn't have as nearly as a good, good of enough day as Tyson Anderson because mm-hmm. I think Tyson Anderson played like he wanted it more. And I think Jordan Battle, you'll see much better days out of him. He played great, but I think you're going to see better days in these next couple of preseason games and going into the regular season because I still predict that Jordan Battle is going to dethrone Dax – I'm sorry, not Dax Hill um, – Nick Scott for a starting safety position. And I'm not I'm not moving off of that because I – truly believe that that's going to happen but man i gotta give tyson anderson man he was the one that juiced up the the secondary we got him live yeah and you know the, last year the the bengals actually traded up in the fifth round to pick him up mm-hmm. um and then you know torn hamstring and, and had that you know recurring injury and didn't get 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 on the field um yeah. so great to see happy for the young man uh i agree with you the 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 pick that he uh, wrestled away it was better than the pick, pick six to me so yeah, much of that was impressive yeah the pick six don't get me wrong that was nice but there was some pressure that was involved with that one but the second one i think there was pressure involved with the second one too but it was just an impressive defensive play by him like mm-hmm. awesome so I, I i have some honorable mention here i'm not going to say maybe not a hundred percent juice maybe it's one of those 51 percent juice drinks maybe that that i got from these guys maybe not 100 percent juice but dj turner although he did fall down and get saved by dax mm-hmm. hill which you know that's michigan player helping a michigan player kind of dig that um 
I, I he looks really good turning to see the ball. He definitely plays with his eyes back to the quarterback. Um, I don't think uh, the moment and the change is too big for him. And man, does speed translate. Um, Tanner Hudson, also yeah. honorable mention. Yeah, I, I, I really like what I saw from him. Unfortunate, you know, he left with a concussion. But my juice, man, I have been blowing up uh, Mr. Chase Brown, but my juice, also a Michigan player, Captain America. Chris Evans looked good. Chris Evans, man. Chris Evans, man. I love it. I love it. I didn't even have his name written down, and I should have, man. And that's my fault because I'm so focused on the secondary, who, which really impressed me. Um, but, yeah, Chris Evans, man. Go for and, it, man. And I, listen, I'll let you take it away. And Chase Brown I got didn't look bad. And Chase Brown didn't look bad, but – um, you know, they both look good at times, but I really like Chris Evans seemed to have patience going to the hole. Um, he made decisive cuts, very smooth transitions. <laughs> Excuse me. He also made some, uh, uh, block pickups and he's been doing that more in practice and we yeah. got to see him do it against uh, the Packers. So that's something, um, that I really, really enjoy because, it doesn't always happen for us. You know what I mean? So that's been kind of a knock on him. He can catch the ball in the backfield. Uh, if he can be a, a, a better blocker, I think that gives us more flexibility, and we may end up having to keep four running backs. You know what? And I agree with that. Chris Evans, the reason why I forgot to mention him or have him written down on my list as a juice guy, because of the perception that Chris Evans have, and I think like how the team views him versus how the fans view him. I think Chris Evans is viewed by the fans is that we want to see him get more game action. Mm -hmm. We like his athleticism. He kind of gives you like this Reggie Bush shiftiness where he can do like a stop and start really quick. But the coaching staff just doesn't seem to be a fan of his skill set because he's just not getting the true fundamentals right, like pass protecting and being able to show patience and visibility through when he's running and through the holes. But, man, it seems like he's getting it. And, again, I don't want to do a high praise right now. And then yeah. in Atlanta, we're back oh. to square one. It seems like that he's going to just Listen, how many times get have, it. But I, I can't. I can't. How many times have we that. seen this in the history of the league? The light switch a lot of times come on uh, when? During yeah. contract year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> a lot of light switches. Oh, you know what? I'll listen to these guys now. I'll listen to these guys now. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're yeah, right. he's Maybe fighting I'm for his, be, get a contract. He's fighting for his NFL life uh, right now, man. Because don't get me wrong, I think that he'll have an opportunity elsewhere. But how saturated the running back market is, the things that's going on with Mixon, we'll probably get into a little bit of that right um, shortly after. But I, I just think that Chris Evans, I feel, I, I feel like that. I'm, I would rather buy stock that he is going to be a productive player for us going into this season then buy this buy into the notion that this is a one-shot wonder kind of performance i because I, if it was then he wouldn't be performing better in practice too again this is not just evaluating what happened on game day for me it's also evaluating what you've done in practice up till then and afterwards as well because we're about to already hit the week two game against Atlanta. but chris evans is there but i got to give you another juice and he's also another michigan guy and it is our starting safety, Dax Hill. And you mentioned it. The recovery play that he made, batting that ball away when DJ Turner was clearly mm -hmm. beat. 
I DJ Turner fell down. Yeah, he did. And I did not, I have not seen any of our safeties, Jesse Bates included, have the makeup speed like that. Like ever. Like maybe because he's young and faster and got a lot of juice and whatnot. But dude, good anticipation too. Like he good recognition. There was a lot of things I liked about the the play and and, and the way he played in general. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then he was like this last year in preseason when he got snaps where he broke up passes. He almost had an interception in the end zone, just like a crazy athletic uh, interception last year in preseason to where almost interception to where it looked like he was a wide receiver that was catching the pass (laughs) instead of a DB. But, man, I'm really impressed. And it just overall makes me feel better about the direction that the team went regarding the safety position and that. I never really worried about the safety room or the DB room in general, even with the departure of Von Bill and Jesse Bates. And I've alluded to this last episodes. I feel like that they're going to grow together and that this young team is going to show their athletic proudness. They're going to go through their growing pains. There's going to be moments where you may get frustrated with missed assignments and such and such. But I don't think that they're going to be fearing anybody's trio or duo or weapon or parlay, just weapons, period. I think that Dax Hill is one of those guys that, again, like Chris Evans, he gets it early and he understands that he's got a big role to fill and he can actually be the one that can do better than what his predecessor did before. So – this is going to be uh, real quick before we go to break. To end this uh, segment, I'm going to tell you that my agree with you, the defensive backs, the safeties, um, I think off to a great start in preseason game one. My favorite thing about it is rooting for number 20, mm-hmm. DJ Turner. And yeah. it's not Eli Apple. I'm so happy about that. I can't even tell you, man. Oh, Ooh, man. man. My 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 poor girlfriend thought Eli Apple's first name was expletive. She didn't even know it was Eli. And she hate my girlfriend hate Eli Apple too. Oh, she didn't like man. him. It was she was always like, oh, an apple, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and I and when I told her like, hey, he's signed with the Dolphins now, she was like, thank God. Yeah. Look, See ya. I understand people didn't like Eli Apple's character issues and whatnot, but at the end of the day, what I did enjoy about him was that he got under people's skin on the other team, and it got in there. It was heads. like you having Patrick t- Beverly play for your basketball team. He <laughs> was like a, he was like the defensive back version of that. Yeah, Pat Bev. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, for those of you on YouTube, five seconds. We're just going to sit here. Um, the rest of you, uh, we're going to pay some bills. We will be right back on Running Through the Jungle. All right. Welcome back to Running Through the Jungle. I'm your host, Brandon Harriet. With your host, Justin Lacey. Uh, Yep, we got the preseason game one behind us in the books. Uh, Went over some of what we liked and what we didn't like or want to see in game two. Um, We talked mostly about the pregame for game two, but before we get off of that, anything else you're looking forward to uh, in Atlanta? You know what? I can't believe we forgot to mention this. And it was the one that took the whole entire Twitterverse in the media by storm before we even played the Packers. And that was Joe Burrow warming up. 
and not even having to sleep on his calf, just casually just out there throwing it. It's like he did that on purpose. But I love that. And quite frankly, I want to see that. He Again. was running sprints. He was throwing running 50 sprints. yard passes. Yeah. Um, oh man. Like listen, I've had I've had a calf strain. I've had a grade two calf strain myself. Uh, say this, say this, say this, say this. He's a lot like my our puppy that we just got a puppy and we're dealing with it right now. He tweaked a little something in his leg, and now he's feeling better, and we have to save him from ourselves. The Bengals yeah. are in save Joe Burrow from a self mode right now. He feels great. Mm-hmm. Don't let him go out and run around when it's not necessary, right? Yeah, nice, easy, man. no hard planning. Just let's get him healthy and fit into into the 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 regular season. That's all we need to do. At least this year, he's not going to be um, where he can't eat correctly, where he's losing weight, where he can't work out. At least he's got those things going for him this year over last year. <laughs> Boy, I can't wait until this guy has an actual preseason though. Woo. Oh yeah, man. And you know what? And it might the rule still might be applied even if he does make it through a training camp fully healthy. And again, to be fair, he would have. Calf strains are just painful in general. I've also had them too. But we, I think that most of the fan base tend to forget sometimes that Joe Burrow is not human. <laughs> like he's yeah. kind of superhuman in a lot of these regards to where he takes care of himself so well, and he just knows what to do. And He's had that mental fortitude that he can overcome anything. And so I was just very impressed with just even in the warm-ups alone. And I think that the fan base can breathe a collective sigh of, we don't have to deal with the whole calf issue anymore, even though questions are going to be arising up. But Mm -hmm. just seeing that, maybe the media can back off with asking questions and Zach Taylor having to say, yeah, it's like several weeks from the time I told you several weeks. And maybe we can end that discussion. But I do want to see him warm up again in Atlanta, even though he ain't going to play. I still want to see it again. So I, you know, obviously you want to see Jesse Bates and see how, but he's not going to be facing our number one wide receivers. Um, but you know, good to see him. It sounds like, uh, Atlanta is going to play all their starters. So mm-hmm. good to see him out there. Um, he, he was missed for about a uh, quarter and a half. And I was yeah. like, we look pretty athletic out here. So, uh, <laughs> I'm interested, man. I'm really excited to see what, it, what it holds now. Could they get fooled on some double moves and some stuff? Yeah. I think we're going to have some. Uh, some rookie hurt, uh, you know, growing pains at some point in time, but we we should be able to to get through that. Though, by the time we hit the playoff run and whatnot, going into the postseason, because we're all predicting the Bengals are going to be playoffs um, bound again. I think all of those rookie burdens, those young young and dumb mistakes that they they probably made early in the season, will probably rectify itself. But that's just again, it's wishful thinking. They have to actually do it on the field, of course. So we're recording this show on Wednesday night and Thursday. We're supposed to get some news uh, from the Joe Mixon trial. Uh, I, odd. I, this is a misdemeanor if I'm, if I'm yeah, correct. Right? And it's, and it's a, a misdemeanor trial for aggravating, uh, aggravated menacing. Uh, aggravated messing. So I had to look that up. Didn't know what that was. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, the story goes, uh, evidently cut a woman off, 
Um, she blew her horn. He stopped. It was somewhere, what, downtown, right? Or near downtown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was near um, downtown. And he threatened her or waved a gun and said he should shoot her. No one would care or he could get away with it. I don't know. A lot of stuff that sounds really weird. No eyewitness. Um, I don't like innocent until proven guilty to me. It's a lot of stuff that doesn't. It just seems odd, man. It just seems really weird. Um, I'm not saying that Joe Mixon's an angel by any means. Um, I'm sure he probably yelled at the lady, but the lady yelled at him, flipped him off, and yeah. uh, uh, said he had an itch. I think is what he is that what is that what she called him? Is that, uh, stitch? You need a stitch? You um, yeah, witch ditch. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Anyways, she called him something a little unpleasant, and uh, yeah, I you're going to get some sort of reaction, uh, especially guys pumped up, hyped up, get ready to go and leave to go to Buffalo's right before, uh, you know, they're going to the playoffs. I don't know, man. Uh, It's just really weird. I don't want to jump to any conclusions. I just want to get it over with, get it behind us. Yeah. Same. I just, I'm in agreement with you. It just feels like there's just too many holes in different avenues. I'm going to, kind of point off that it seems like that the accusations that's being made towards mixing just doesn't feel sustainable but i'm sure the altercation happened but i don't think that it happened in the formality that is being presented the fact that a misdemeanor is going on four days in trial this late in the in in august really just makes me feel like that oh come on like this is just unnecessary I also agree with you, and I want to be very sympathetic of the situation. If this was something that, you know, Mixon did wrong to the, the plaintiff on this on this woman, for example, then yes, some consequences has to be done. But at the same yeah. time, it feels like a situation where um, the F around and find out kind of case where it sounds like she, based off of the things that we're reading and we're hearing, that she made comments, she made statements, she made gestures and mixing and reacted, uh, yeah. not to be that tongue in cheek, but to try to flip it into a positive note, because we did say that it, it happened a day before they flew out to play the Bills. Mm-hmm. You do know that Joe Mixon killed the Buffalo Bills on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> now, yeah, 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 yeah. He was, now he was like all the way hyped up. He was killing Buffalo. That was one of his better games all throughout last season was that playoff game. See, that Buffalo Bills playoff game, to me, that's the one I'll always remember as the dominating performance up to 2022 season, much so than the AFC Championship game loss. But in theory, and you know, in hindsight, that little road rage incident could have sparked Joe Mixon to play a hot game, <laughs> Buffalo. Oh, so, wait a minute. You know, put all that together, huh? Okay, okay, yeah. stack those pieces together. I here's what I'll say I, I'm wondering because no one can back up that there was a gun in Joe Mixon's possession, no one else mm. saw, even though the other people saw the, the, the incident, no one saw a gun, um, present whatsoever. Um, I wonder if that. You know, it just seems I don't, I don't want to speculate too much, right? But it just seems very convenient that he had the the incident at the home where someone shot a gun uh, mm-hmm. end up 
finding he he had nothing to do with that. And then all right. of a sudden there's an incident in a, in a road rage traffic incident. And someone said, Oh, he had a gun was waving a gun. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It just, just is a lot. It, nothing feels I sustainable. And I don't know it's, the truth. I don't know the truth. Maybe he did. Maybe he did all of it. Maybe it did worse. I don't know. I, but it's just so weird. I feel like that if if he would have done, if he probably, if the actions were to be proclaimed by what they're saying, that there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be this much detailed scrutiny, number one. And number two, it feel like that you would have seen some type of footage indicating linking joe mixon to the crime but i'll say this though it didn't really give me a good feeling within the fan base neither because i believe that those incidents sort of sparked the divide like a small divide between people that wanted mixon cut based off of his performance last year who still performed pretty damn great last year versus the people that wanted to keep him as a core part of the nucleus of the team because he is still one of those core values i'm sorry he still is one of those core team players and I just feel like that people were just out on mixing after that immediately until they 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 saw the patience. And also, too, they wanted to try to justify that he was getting paid too much. I guess he was getting like 12 million a year. But the organization stayed patient with him. They let this whole situation play out. And I feel like that the organization already knew this was coming at some point. It's just the timing just feels unnecessary to us just because it is happening while we're getting ready for the regular season and he needs to be out there with his team but at the end of the day you can't escape the law you got to be able to you know abide by the the whatever the bylaws of what's happening when it shows to appearing in court or whenever your trial date is set however that may go but I, i'm still team mixing on this train man and i still never really kind of came off of that at first, I kind of looked at it. It was some disappointment at first that his name is in the news. But again, you got to be able to hear all facts of the case before making a true, definitive, sound, reasonable decision of what you want. I get it's a distraction, but it just doesn't feel like a sustainable argument to me that feels that makes me indicate like, oh, I want mixing out of here. Like you just said, Brandon, like I just feel like that. These 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 several incidents, well, these couple incidents, the thing with the house, and then now this one with the car mm -hmm. with this girl, it just feels unstable. But people still have it out. There are there are still people that have it out for him for what he did in Oklahoma. Not to dig up that past because he had a situation there before he was drafted, and it wrote everybody yeah. off of their his draft board except for Bengals fans. And I'm sorry for the Bengals, and that's where they didn't really take his true context and his character in consideration. Because I think that, look, he was a guy that has a temper. And if you cross him the wrong way, he's going to show it. But guess what? That's a lot of people. If you cross him the wrong way, do not be surprised if you get a reaction. I think that we're just in a society now where it feels like that the reaction becomes more publicized. And people always like to judge you so quickly based off of what they wouldn't have done in a yeah. situation if they were if the live bulls were flying out, too. You know, I've, I've never been... Uh on team mixing i mm -hmm. i from what happened in oklahoma wasn't a big fan of drafting of course he's playing for my team i'm gonna root for my team um all those things said it just seems like i said it seems like okay you got a guy with character issues here uh in the past and now you had this alleged thing and now um this comes up and it there's no substantial evidence and it's a lot of weird things. 
so being a misdemeanor, like, you know, I don't know, is maybe it's a money grab, maybe it's a whatever, it's a point of things. It reminds me of, um, you know, Pac Man Jones had a, uh, it's kind of a seated pass when he came here. Um, I actually got to, um, I got to meet him uh, a couple different times. I hung out with him one night. Um, guy was a great guy. He was nice as could be to me. And um, right out in front of the place I was hanging out with him a couple months later is where he had the incident where the lady said he pushed her down and da 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 and, and had all these issues. Well, he was actually standing out talking to his, his boys and was uh, drinking a water. And mm. she came out and was yelling at him and uh, pushed him and tried to get in his car. And I can't remember if it was a it was a, a Ferrari or Lambo or something or whatever. It was a very very nice car, right? <laughs> She's trying to get in, and he dumped his water on her. It was all on mm. video. But what yeah. she said happened was completely different because she knew she could say it about this person because of his past history. Right. Right. And that's just one right. I, like I, I, I wonder I still innocent until proven guilt guilty and go through the 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 justice system the correct way. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, I don't know if he's guilty or not, but I, he needs his fair shake. And he uh, certainly uh, does. Four he, days. Is he four certainly does. I'm glad you brought up I'm really glad you brought up Pac-Man in the situation because I think that while him and Pac Joe Mixon and Pac-Man were two different characters in terms of you know runners ins with the law pac-man almost seemed like he couldn't stay out of trouble and that's not even just you know secluded to that incident that you described but his incidents that he also oh, been dallas in the was, stuff in years yeah, ago dallas was in bad dallas, for him. tennessee where he served a year-long suspension um with the tight um during his titans era that kind of cut that short but at the end of the day, a certain perception seems to follow you, even if you have turned a corner when it comes to your character. Because like you, I also got a chance to meet Pac-Man Jones, too, and he's a great stand-up gentleman. Now, don't get me wrong. He's rough around the edges, but, man, he's a good dude, man, and he he does great things in the community. He put Chris Henry's son, late the late Chris Henry's son, Chris Henry Jr., he helped raise him. Now he's got a full scholarship to Ohio State University, about to great play ball. That's mm-hmm. incredible. And I think that – I think the context of people's characters sort of get scurried a bit because of their past and their history. And, you know, we're again, you've got to be able to understand both sides of the story because there are athletes. And I'm not just saying just only athletes, even though this is a sports podcast, that are really terrible people and that they would do some stuff as with these stories indicated. But we also have to bring in con- contrast into um, the understanding that people can lie about things just because. You want to get the sympathy of the public in the society. I got to break up the situation that went on with the Bills punter last year when he got released, Matt Areza, about yeah. him being allegedly involved with rape allegations with a few people. At the time, we all looked like, dude, you're a disgusting dude. You're a disgusting jerk, man. What? You, you, you're an awful, terrible human being, only to find out that a year later that that was falsified, that he was nowhere near any of that. But his name yeah. got brought into that, and now he got unfairly cut, and he's got to work his way back to league. But people are not going to be able to shake that perception of him from a year ago when it was falsified behavior yeah. uh, from the person that accused him. That's yeah, good. And one. so it's it's terrible stuff what's going on, man. Because you you while you want to feel sorry for what happened to the person that got into yep. the incident with the athlete, and it could be real. 
But at the same time, we're also seeing countless of examples of money grabs to where people's perceptions sort of overtake. Because now it just feels like that anybody that doesn't believe in mixing probably is hitching on the wagon of his past before he got drafted with the Oklahoma deal, which was wrong, obviously, by the way. Again, I'm not going to bring it up. But it just feels like that they're hanging on to that thread as to believe that it's going to happen again. When I think that the reality of it is, man, Mixon has done a lot of growth and change, and you haven't heard anything about him in the public eye negatively until this offseason. Yep. Yep. And, and look, I'm happy that the Bengals have been patient with him. I'm happy that they just wasn't out on him because let's just be honest, kind of like Zach Taylor after his second year, if he was any organization, they would have already cut him. Plain and simple. Yep. The Browns just cut Perrion Winfrey, and they just drafted him a year ago. And he's out. So if Mixon was, if this would have happened while Mixon was playing for the New England Patriots or the New York Jets, even he would have been out. They would have not dealt with this. And they would, but like the Bengals are different in a way is that they they kind of have this level of understanding who you are as a person and try to and but you just can't make them look stupid when they do. But yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. they're not going to like. I believe there were a few years ago there was an issue that happened with Mark Walton where he did got into some legal trouble. And that I think that was Zach Taylor's first year. And Zach Taylor was like, no, nah, bro, we, we cutting him. And he was out, you know? So it's not like they don't have a tolerance for these type of things. I just think that they have a no-nonsense uh, policy, like they should. But at the end of the day, when it comes no, to your No foolishness. Players, no foolishness. I like it. But it, when it comes to the core player's character, give them, they give fair shakedowns when needed be. And I think we just got to let this whole thing play out to where it resolved. Again, it may come out ultimately true that he may get found guilty and that, hey, he was wrong. But at the end of the day, I need to see that render itself in court before giving my takes and my opinions of like, oh, man, well, what we should do with mixing. I think the Bengals have a plan. I think the Bengals will develop a plan regardless. And also makes me feel better about guys like Chris Evans coming off on personal to the scene in that preseason game to steer the conversation back to football. Um, where if he were to miss time, I don't think the drop off is going to be as steep as what people might indicate. If he has to serve jail time or suspension time, I think that you're going to still find out that this offense is going to run on a high level because it runs through Burrow. And that's yeah. all we need. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was I was off on him last year when he was at three point two yards a carry or whatever he was at. <laughs> um, but once uh <laughs> Uh, once our guy signed in uh, in Denver, you know, yeah, J. P. Ryan signed in Denver. I was a little bit, uh, I was like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe Joe Mixon's all right, maybe. And then when he took uh, took a little less money, I was like, yeah, you know what? It's, it's like I can get behind Joe Mixon, I guess, for another year, <laughs> year or two. So, yeah, uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. Speaking uh, of some uh, JP Ryan, though, you know, I did watch him play when he they played their preseason game against the Niners, he didn't really look that great. I think, you know, this is going to be an education lesson in the future regarding inflated value for players. Uh, the short-term version of the definition means is that when you play on great teams, you tend to think that you're a great player just because you were on that great team. We see it a lot of times with the Alabama Crimson Tide. But once you get on another team or a team that needs to have improvements in other spots, 
you tend to see the difference in your value and how it declines a bit. Now, I'm saying that you're bad as a player, but the team around you sort of not as up to that same standard where you were at before. And I think Samaj P. Ryan has fallen into that inflated value category because people it wasn't that long ago where people were out on Samaj P. Ryan too, and they, they wanted a no, different number two running back. He can eat, eat, eat up a, a block, though. A third down. He can block. He can block. Yeah, was, I do miss that. That was I his biggest thing that. for us. Yeah. Oh yeah, I missed that one hundred percent. But again, that means these guys got to grow up in these different areas. And Chase Brown, I, again, first preseason game, not taking too much away from him. He did okay, but I think Chris Evans did some good stuff. You know, he's playing like he gets it now. Um, again, we didn't see Joe Mixon play for obvious reasons, yeah. but. At the end of the day, I think that this running back room, while it feels thin, I think that something is going to burst onto the scene, and I think it's going to make us remember, like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is why we moved on, you know, went the direction that we did. So for those of you who have been watching, been listening to us uh, over the past several weeks, we have been promising you every week we're going to give you a little fancy football snippet, little tidbits. Yeah, yeah. Top fives, top tens, who you should draft, who you should take a flyer on. Today, we kind of knew we were getting into some murky waters. Uh, we're gonna have to talk it out and feel this out, talking about the Joe Mixon stuff. It's a delicate subject. So so we kept it nice and short. We're at the 52-minute mark, try to get out of here in an hour, uh, get you on your way. Fancy football to keep it nice and short. I don't know a better way to do it than defense. You know what I mean? Maybe kicker. I don't know. But, uh, but, but what we're going to do is we're going to do a quick snippet on defense. Uh, if you want someone to rank, uh, the defenses one through 32, we're not your podcast. Uh, you got to go somewhere else for that. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to give you our top two defenses and we're going to give you a sleeper, uh, for those of you who are like me. And don't pick defense until someone says, hey, you haven't picked a defense yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, So, Justin, who do you got for your top two defenses for fantasy football this season? So, no surprise, my number one is San Francisco. Their defense is just outstanding from top to bottom, you know, from the secondary all the way to the defensive line. They got stars everywhere. Ufanga on the back end. We already know about Fred Warner. Nick Bolsa leads the charge. I understand that their cornerback room isn't as deep as what a lot of people might want or as skilled as the other positions may want. But, dude, man, you can't go wrong with San Francisco as defensive, even for fantasy's purposes, too. They, they generate a lot of turnovers. And it's from my number two is going to catch some people by a little bit of surprise, but not so much if you actually just take away the labeling of the brand of the team that people like to laugh at for some reason. Not laugh at, but, like, they pay too much attention to them that they're so, because they're so polarizing and branding. But I'm actually going to go with the Dallas Cowboys with the Jets being an honorable mention. But Dallas Cowboys give the slight edge for me just because, once again, they got playmakers all over the place. It runs through Micah Parsons, as what we know. He is the catalyst yeah, of what makes that defense click. But they got some guys on the back end, Trayvon Diggs. They got Demarcus Lawrence. You know, They got guys that is just well-renowned in what they do that – at any given moment, man, like, wow, they could be subjected and predicated to whoever they – depending on who they play, I should say. Uh, they got guys that at any given moment, 
we saw it against Minnesota last year. They can just start ripping away turnovers like it's nothing and shutting down high-powering offenses on a really good day. So those are my two defenses that I tend to have. Again, I have the Jets as honorable mention. I just think the world of their their secondary with obviously Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, but well, the corners, not the whole secondary as a whole. But they also got some young pass rushers that I like by virtue of their name and where they came from. But outside of Quentin Williams, I got to see improvement first. So that's why they haven't really cracked the top two, but they would be in my top five if I was going from start to finish. Um, you know, going to start to finish. But for fantasy purposes, those are my two. It, it's funny because I almost put the Jets in my top two. Um, <laughs> I almost took San Francisco out. And and I'm going to tell you the reason why is uh, D coordinator. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm. they yeah, have. Yeah, that's a big deal. D'Amico Ryan's not there no more. No, he's in uh, Tennessee. So, no, he's in Houston. Texas. Sorry. Houston, he's in Houston, yeah. Texas. Um, uh, so I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm interested to see, but I did take him number one. They got a lot of talent, man. They're strong right through the middle. Uh, that defensive line, those linebackers, it's, you know, safeties. I, I like them a lot. Um, put a lot of pressure on the quarterback and that covers up a lot of mistakes. Right. So I got them. And then for my number two, uh, I could, you know, I could see the, the, the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, I could see the jets. I could see that. I, I get, I get your arguments there, but I'm going to take the Philadelphia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because all of Georgia is in Philadelphia playing football yeah. on that defense right now. That's uh, a great pick, man. That's a great so, pick. I test, I wrestled with them too, but yeah, so I, I like it. Here's a, here's another reason why I think uh, you know they also control the ball a lot on on offense. So they get the uh, the rugby scrum third and two, fourth and one, and they keep the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. So so I think that helps them. A little bit, uh, but my real kind of takeaway from this, um, without discussing it with you, obviously ahead of time, is well, we all all four of those picks are NFC teams. It's almost like seven out of the eight best quarterbacks are in the AFC, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. The AFC have the best quarterbacks, while the NFC have the best roster constructions, and that does include the defense. I almost mm-hmm. went with you there on Philly, but here's what's stopping me from going on the Philly train again like last year. They have some defensive backs to replace. They do. Do you feel like that they're in for a letdown this season? I think that uh, I've said this on record. I think Jalen Hurts going to have a letdown this year. I don't think Jalen Hurts going to have the same year. I yeah, actually I'll picked the Cowboys you. to win the division. I was about to say that. That's the <laughs> reason I picked the Cowboys. Yes, I did. I did. And I think and, that the Cowboys, as yeah. many people – here's the thing about the Cowboys. You either love them or you hate them if you're not a fan of the Cowboys. They're polarizing. They're absolutely polarizing. Yeah, they're just such a polarizing fran- uh, franchise. But when you look at the talent that's on that team, man, it's yeah. almost like, damn, I, y'all should have been ahead like of the Super Bowl. I don't like him. Uh, my boy, Mod, who did uh, 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 Mod Bell. Uh, Mod did the uh, music for our intro. Um, uh, very, very talented human being. Uh, just happens to be his downfall is that he's a Dallas Cowboys fan. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I've told him, like, I, I picked him. I made a comment on why he was doing his note all podcast on Sundays. You can check him out. I go yeah. live on YouTube and I troll him a little bit. But I made a backhand compliment about picking them to win a division. He couldn't get over the first part of what I said. <laughs> um, uh, so, I, yeah, maybe it was an early exit. Uh, I insinuated an early exit from the playoffs. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. My favorite thing about the Dallas Cowboys as of today is that Mozzie Smith, uh, when interviewed, said he didn't even really like football. He's like, they hit people. Mm-hmm. He loves it, man. It's, it's like, man that's, is his, that's his forte. Yeah, and again, another my own guy. heart. Another Michigan guy. I see he you is. pointing them out. You point out all the Michigan dudes. Like you showing your Michigan fan base colors now. Uh, that blue and made. But Mozzie uh, Smith, when the Cowboys took him, that surprised a lot of people. I thought they were going to go tight end. I thought they were going to take uh, the Notre Dame tight end. They ended up going to the Raiders. Uh, uh, but Mayor Michael Mayer. But, but you know Mayer. who they? You know who they did take. Schoolmaker from Michigan. Michigan. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Michigan has players littered across the NFL. And that's the testament that Jim so Harbaugh, Ohio man, State, though, man. I'm not, I'm not gonna hate on Ohio State. I'm not one of those guys. It takes two teams to play the game. Ohio State's got yeah. tons of players out there. All, all right, the, so all we we've hit our time. So let's go with this uh uh underrated flyer you would take on defense. For fancy football for this year, who who you got? If you wait like I do, who do you got to take? Moonlight. I'm taking a Bengals defense. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, my, okay. We've been getting disrespected all off season. We lost so many guys. We lost in Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Your secondary is too young and inexperienced and whatnot. Bro, when I'm seeing out of this team on the defensive side of the ball, again, they're going against – you know, backup quarterbacks right now in training camp who are playing horrible right now. But, dude, I'm not going to utilize that as a crush to where I can't give them credit. And I'm not worried about that first preseason game either. I think that this I think that this Bengals defense is being heavily slept on, and I think they're going to showcase that they're going to be one of the true dominating teams overall collectively. Now, will they be the best defense in football? They could be, but I don't know. There's a lot we just mentioned, and we went down uh, the the tethoscope bit there with the um, with the Niners, the Cowboys, and Eagles, and even the Jets, and I'll even throw the Ravens in there too because they have a great defense as well, even though they're dealing with some situations with injuries right now. But I'm going with the Bengals defense, man. And I even said it in the last show, Trey Henderson. It just feels like to me that he, as a bold take, that he may put himself in a conversation for defensive player of the year if all goes well for him. I think it will. Right now, Miles Murphy is not ready to step in and start playing in these games as a starting. We know this, but we don't need him to be because we got Trey Henderson. I think he's the anchor that builds that defensive line together. I think our linebacking cores, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, are the two nucleus that is going to be the new leaders of defense. And we just mentioned speed, speed, speed all throughout the secondary. And I think that that is going to translate to the Bengals getting some turnovers. So the Bengals, that's my sleeper team. That's my pick on the defense for fantasy. It's funny that you say who they, because uh, I'm going to say who that. I'm actually going to take the New Orleans. No, no, no. Who that? I'm taking New Orleans Saints. And I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't have to play Buffalo. They don't have to play Kansas City. They don't have to play Baltimore. They don't have 
They don't have to play any of these teams. Um, while I do think our defense is going to surprise some people and have some, uh, you know, be better than what we probably thought, they're playing some really good offensive teams. I don't think we're throwing up a, a, a goose egg on Mahomes. So, because no, of that, maybe. I'm going New Orleans. New Orleans <laughs> Saints have a cupcake, cupcake um, uh, schedule this year. Uh, yeah, we got Kamara on a uh, suspension to start the year, but they got Jamal Williams now in there. Uh, they got Chris Olave as a stud. And Michael Thomas is finally back from injury for the first time in a couple years. Uh, I really, I really like, I like their offense. Um, so I think part of what I think we underrate on a defense is you gotta have an offense that can possess the ball a little bit in order to have a great defense. Really, mm -hmm. you have to limit yeah. those those touches that the other team has. But they have a, a you know Cameron Jordan uh, led defense. Um, he you know he's been really good for a long time. Uh, so, you know, high IQ and, uh, you know, I just, I like the team, man. They play really good team defense. Um, so I, I but with that and, and the fact that they don't play anybody, I'm going to take them. I was about to say, let me ask you a follow-up question because first and foremost, I, I was excited thinking that you were going to agree with me on the who day. <laughs> but you went who that and who I that? just completely blanked. Uh, I think it's the first that. time I've ever said who that, by the way. That is that is so funny. It felt weird. Like, it felt weird. It's, yeah, yeah it like it's, felt weird. I, I know they were they were the original calling chant, but no, the who day sounds way better and feels better. Much better, but yeah. I got a I got a follow up question to ask. Do you think the Saints win that division? Uh it's a terrible division. I'm gonna say <laughs> yes just because of Baker Mayfield. Yep. I'm gonna say yes just because that's funny, because I forgot Baker. And I think Baker is gonna do okay to an extent, but I think that Bucks team overall is not gonna be competitive. They're not gonna feel the competitive unit. And I think they're gonna see that early on in the season where you're gonna start seeing them sell I'll off. I'll say their parts. defense is a terrible defense to pick up. It is it, I'm glad that I did not say that defense because again, if anybody says the Bucks defense has some sleepers, then you're going off of their Super Bowl run and from the Brady times that was and, there. It is not I, that same defense. I also think that they're they're overrated in a lot. Like if you look at a lot of the magazines, a lot of the the online prognosticators for fantasy fantasy sports, you're looking at them rank 12th through eight 16th like it's the top half of the league and i just don't see them in the top half of the league man no I'm, hell no i mean that's it, disgusting it, that's their offense terrible. i think is going to give too many too many offensive their offense is not going to sustain drive and the other team's going to have too many possessions no that's what i'm trying I think to say. they'll be competitive in that division because of how weak it is on paper but I do think the Saints have the ability to win that division because they do have the veteran quarterback in Derek Carr now. Even though I'm not sold on Derek Carr as a franchise guy, I think that he is the best in that division, of course. I think that Bryce Young, you got to see some growing pains develop. The whole talk about him being like what Joe Burrow was coming into the league and how they have some similar qualities. Sure, that might be some truth to an extent. And I did watch his preseason game. He looked okay, even though the score did not indicate such. But I think that he'll get better as time goes on. But I don't think it's his year. And I think, as you mentioned, Baker Mayfield, dude, he might not even be the start of midseason. And it's going to probably transition to Kyle Trask, and he's, you might see a tank job or, or whatnot yeah. there. And then Atlanta Falcons are a big wild card too, dude. They bought a lot of pieces in, in free agency. We already know about Jesse Bates. 
But at the end of the day, I think Jeffrey Okuda is down there too. But um, at the end of the day, I, I, the team that I would buy some stock in, especially on the defensive side of the ball, as you in- indicated as a major sleeper, is the New Orleans Saints. I can see it. Um, so while I don't want to put no money in that, yeah. <laughs> into that yeah. bet, you know, I can, yeah, if I, I can I gotta see pick him up in a late round, that's that's who I'm taking a flyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will be like a that'll be like yeah. a defense that you'll see on certain weeks that are there. You'll take them, you'll stash them on your bench for a rainy day. So when you're starting to do defense for me, that yeah. I know I hit goals on a bye week, I, I plug the Saints defense in there, and I feel like that won't miss a beat, and I can still win that week. Well, as usual, us gas bags have just rambled right past that one hour mark we're supposed to stay to. I want to thank the uh, Fans First Sports Network for not yet putting us on a hard network out. Hopefully that doesn't come because uh, we're pretty terrible at keeping the, keeping it concise. Um, but no, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, Fans First Sports Network, whatever you're looking for is on there. Uh, it is everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. Uh, YouTube, you'll find different shows, different places all over the place. If you want to see what the Bears are doing, um, really good podcast out there. Uh, the Bear Claw from Hollis Hall is uh, my boy Pay is on there. We, him and I've got something uh, brewing right now. Uh, but yeah, they, they're great. Um, we've got uh, the Steel Curtain Network. If you want to get over there and spy on the Steelers. You can actually hear me on that network on Fridays talking about uh, the AFC North on the Homies podcast. Um, But just a a lot of good stuff. Chase Younts is uh, moving in uh, to Cincinnati right now. So he has uh, not been doing uh, Cut to the Chase uh, for the moment. But he should be back next week with another great episode. And he's got a lot lot of really good stuff coming up. Uh, some special guests and uh, and some and some fun things, and uh, I think we're going to be getting together and, and and lots more coming out. Like we've said for the the season, we're going to have the pregame, postgame, uh, coaches' cliff notes. Uh, we're going to have our show running through the jungle, of course, every Wednesday. We're going to have cuts of the chase on Tuesday. So a lot of stuff here at Running Through the Jungle Network. Um, a lot of stuff on the Fans First Sports Network whatever you need, whatever you're looking for. Uh, anything else you want to say to the people, Justin? Thank you so much for hearing us ramble on. You know, we do feel bad about going over time at times, but at the end of the day, we think that you guys appreciate us, you know, and uh, again, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just grateful for you guys. As b said, you know, just keep that, keep smashing that follow button, that like button. It helps us grow the channel and the platform, the podcast, you know, and don't, don't be afraid to give feedback. Don't be, mm-hmm. don't, don't be no troll. Now. But at the end of the day, we were always, we're always acceptable to feedback positive or negative. All right. We appreciate you. Uh, you know, next week, Wednesday uh, should be going live before season. So, Hopefully we got that done. Uh, YouTube gives you a little waiting time, but uh, sooner or later we'll be live, maybe next week. And uh, I think we got a special guest next week too. So check us out. Uh, Once again, Justin Lacey, thank you for joining me. I'm Brandon Harriet, and we are running through the jungle. (laughs) 